Hello and welcome back to Sense and Spirituality. My name is Sheila McGregor and I am delighted you have been able to join me today. There's a story told about a young minister only recently ordained and serving her very first pastoral charge who stood up in the pulpit to preach her first sermon to her new congregation. Everyone could hear the nervousness in her voice as she announced her text. I will take for my text the words, and they fed five people with five thousand loaves of bread and two thousand fish. At this misquotation, Mr. Brown, an old parishioner, said audibly, That's no miracle. I could do that myself. The young minister said nothing, but the next Sunday she got up in the pulpit and announced the very same text. This time she got it right. And they fed five thousand on five loaves of bread and two fish. She waited a moment and then, leaning over the pulpit and looking down at the elderly man who had spoken up the week before, she asked, And could you do that too, Mr. Brown? Brown replied, Of course I could. And how would you do it? The young preacher asked, with what was left over from last Sunday. Well, the story of the feeding of the 5,000 comes at a time in Jesus' ministry when his teaching and healing had become known everywhere in Galilee, but particularly along the seaside where he gained his first following. To say that it is a busy, stressful time in his ministry is an understatement. Jesus has tried to escape from the press of people, and he and his disciples have retreated to a quiet part of the lake. Just before this, Jesus has received the tragic news of the execution by King Herod Agrippa of his cousin John the Baptist. Naturally, he is plummeted into grief and needs some time alone to deal with this sorrowful news and to pray. But the crowd will not leave him, and hurrying around the end of the lake, they gather about him again. The Gospel writer tells us that there was a crowd of about 5,000. But in those days, women and children were never counted, so there were likely many more people present that day. Now, you'll remember from the story that when it comes time for the people to eat, Jesus asked the disciples to find something for them. Philip replies that 200 denarii, which was only $40, but which represented about six months' wages for the average worker back then, would not be enough to purchase food for each of the people to have even a little Of course, the question was purely academic. Even if there had been money, which there was not, there was simply no place in that remote area to buy food. Then Andrew, another disciple, speaks up and says, There is a boy here with five loaves and two fish. But what is that with so many? Jesus asked the people to sit down, and the story recounts how Jesus gave thanks broke the loaves and fish, and gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. And everybody had more than enough to eat. It's a lovely story, one that the early church thought was extremely important, because all four gospel writers include a version of it in their writing. 
But the thing I find very interesting is how easily the disciples give in to feelings of helplessness when Jesus asks them to make sure everyone gets some food. Notice that the disciples never consider asking Jesus for any help, nor do they consult others in the crowd who may have brought some food that they could have shared. They simply decide that the problem is too big. We are often like that, aren't we? The problem is beyond us. And indeed, some problems seem so gigantic, so far beyond our reach, that we feel totally helpless to do anything about them. So what's the use in trying? Max Lucado, in our Siloam book study this week, says that this is the mistake many of us make, thinking that we are helpless or that the challenges we face in life are hopeless. Part of our problem is the same one that the disciples encountered. We forget the many resources that are available to us. We never ask for help. Why? Psychologists tell us that there are five fundamental reasons why we often don't like to ask for help when we need it. First, we don't want to be judged as weak or stupid. Secondly, we are afraid that if others think that we are not competent in a certain area, then we will be rejected. Thirdly, we don't want to be a bother or a pest. Fourthly, we think we should be capable of doing it ourselves. Fifth, we don't deserve the help of others. That's a lot of reasons. But how valid are they? Think about it. All of the most famous athletes and public figures have had coaches or mentors. Great authors rely heavily on the work of their researchers. Your MP has a whole staff to help him or her to stay on top of current issues. What's more, most of the things we learn to do in life happened because someone showed us how to do them first. Like when you were little and your parents taught you how to brush your teeth or tie your shoes. Successful people are not afraid to ask for help. So don't you be afraid that others will think less of you if you do. As for rejection, remember that most people happily welcome someone who will admit that they don't know it all. What about the next excuse? Afraid that you will become a burden or a pest to someone else? Think that instead of, uh, think instead of how you would respond if someone came to you and asked you for help in an area where you had some knowledge or expertise. My guess is that you would only be too happy to help that person. Likewise, there are some whose job it is to help you, and there are others who would welcome your request because it helps them to feel needed and useful. Many others are just very keen to assist in whatever way they can. Think you should be capable of doing everything yourself? Just because you may be an excellent French teacher or have your own web design business, why should you expect to be able to diagnose and repair the engine in your car? Or do your taxes as well as your accountant? There is a reason why you go to a qualified lawyer for legal advice. 
As Abraham Lincoln said, he who represents himself has a fool for a client. Finally, what makes you think that you don't deserve help? You are a child of God, are you not? What's more, as the author of Ephesians writes, you are God's masterpiece. If anyone deserves to be treated with kindness and respect when they ask for help, then you do. In short, don't be afraid to seek help when you need it. We all need help from time to time. It's important that we call on all the resources available to us, and that includes other people. In our book study today, Max Lucado recounts a story by Bill Frey in his book, The Dance of Hope. Listen to what he writes. Bill Frey remembers the day he tried to pull a stump out of the Georgia dirt. He was 11 years old at the time. One of his chores was the gathering of firewood for the small stove and fireplace of the homestead. He would search the woods for stumps of pine trees that had been cut down and chop them into kindling. The best stumps were saturated with resin and therefore would burn more easily. Bill said, one day I found a large stump in an open field near the house and I tried to unearth it. I literally pushed and pulled and crowbarred for hours but the root system was so deep and large, I simply couldn't pull it out of the ground. And so I was frustrated. I was still struggling when my father came home from his office, spotted me working, and came over to watch. I think I see your problem, he said. What's that, I asked. You're not using all your strength, he replied. I exploded and told him how hard I had worked and for how long. No, he said, you're not using all your strength. When I cooled down, I asked him what he meant. And he said, you haven't asked me to help you yet. Well, what about it, friends? Are you using all the strengths at your disposal? Are you drawing on the resources available to you through Christ and his church? Remember, you don't have to go it alone. The God of love whom we meet in Jesus Christ is there to support and strengthen you. Moreover, God has sent you many friends, a whole world of family and friends, to pray for you, care for you, and help you when you need it. That's it for this week, friends. I hope you will think about a place in your life where you could benefit from the assistance of a friend or neighbor, or where God is calling you to seek out the wise counsel of a professional. Then think about where and how you can reach out and help someone else who needs your support. May God bless you on your journey as you continue to be a blessing to others. See you next time.